Good morning. Today is Wednesday, February 15th, 2023. With me today, I have the CEO of Swiss Watch Expo, Georgia's largest watch retailer and a serious force in online watch shopping. Uh, Eugene, how are you today? I'm doing great. It's good to be here. Uh, it's good to be in town. Happen to be in town to visit my grandpa for his 90th birthday. He's been asking me, I think, for three years if I'm flying in for his 90th. And here finally it is. Made so, it. so finally made it. We, well, bo we, both, we both made it. So it's, it's, like, it's you know, good to have you here. Obviously, I know that you know, we've known each other for a long time. Yeah. You're originally from Philadelphia. Um, following your, your journey online, I, I see you had a stop in New York, a stop in Chicago, and then ended up in Georgia. Mm -hmm. um, I know that you were always in the finance world. Yep. You know, tell me what, you know, what happened. How did you end up going from finance into the watch retail space? Sure. So it was an interesting path. I went to NYU for finance, econ, and math, and I was a credit derivative trader in New York for some of the biggest shops. I did that through the crisis. It was a lot of fun. My parents started this business in 2008, and it, I never really at that time thought I would be involved, but it, it kept growing. Majority of their sales were in Atlanta and also on eBay and some other marketplaces. And I joined the company about six and a half years ago with the goal of building out a team because it was just me, my parents, and a couple employees. And the goal was to build out the team, build out the processes, and build a name for ourselves online. So I would, you know, stay home, read about SEO and social media and digital advertising, and would interview people and hire them and for the team or to help me with the advertising. And um, surely we started to grow pretty quickly. We've been averaging growth of about 35% since I joined. Um, and we've become really a leader, one of the leaders in the space. And you know, our focus is very much on the real pre-owned market. We buy watches that have been worn before. We have a 10-person watchmaking department in-house. We take those watches and we make them look and run as close to brand new as possible. And then we sell them either in our retail location in Atlanta or online on our website. Very nice. Yeah, one of the gray market episodes, Roman and Adrian actually stopped by your location, and it looked amazing. I Thank mean, you. It definitely didn't look like a mom and pop, you know, operation. So you coming in there has clearly transformed, you know, the whole operation into what it is today. Which, how many people do you have working there? We're about thirty people full time wow. now. I mean, so the the pictures, Ian, can you throw up a picture of? Um, the, the, from your website, there's a great picture of you and the team. Yeah. Um, it really looks amazing. It's something that you know I, I found to be very inspirational. Like it, it, you came in and you turned you know what could have potentially you know five years from then stayed the same. It, you know maybe it have grown with the market, but you really transformed this business into becoming such a powerhouse and not just another small retailer. Um, and I guess on that topic, one of the things that we saw during that video was the unbelievable service center that you just mentioned, you know, with 10 people. How difficult was it to build something like that? It's, uh, so my stepfather is a master watchmaker, and one of the reasons they started the business is because he had that expertise in authenticating, servicing, and repairing watches. So the first version of the business was him doing that work, and him and my mom would sell the watches on eBay. So that was how the business started originally. And after I came, he was the only one doing that kind of work. And quickly what happened was our sales started to grow once we took off online and we needed more people for the team. Me coming from Wall Street being naive, I was like, okay, well, let me throw a job on LinkedIn. Let me throw a job on Indeed. And weeks went by and a few truck drivers applied, but nobody with like an actual relevant skill set to be able to do the work. 
So then I had to really go on the offensive and start to ask people for recommendations, message people, cold call people from all over the country and fly them in for interviews. And slowly but surely we built that team to be 10 people now. So we do, we do all the repair authentication and service work in house. And that team right now, about 200 watches a week go through their hands. So extremely high volume for for this market. Yeah, I remember you know in the conversation that they had with you in the video, um, Roman asked if you guys take any outside business to actually service, and you said no. You're clearly busy enough with your own stuff that you don't need to bring in you know outside service jobs for that. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the average price point of the watches that you guys you know buy, service, and retail? So right now our average sale is about nine thousand dollars, but we the majority of our sales are under twenty thousand dollars. So you know, we've never done any RMs before. We don't really, we, we, we rarely buy or sell pieces over $100,000. Uh, we, you know, we cater our inventory to be ex- accessible to the upper middle market mm-hmm. consumer. That's really, it really, you got like a nice, you know, niche there. It's probably the majority of watch buyers are within that range. Whereas a lot of people would, oh, I can't, I, I want to sell RMs. It's mainly, I guess, for the prestige in order to do that. You need to have a huge, huge source of funding to be able to buy and sell all these RMs, yep. whereas to buy and sell, you know, typical Rolexes, Breitlings, Omegas, you know, IWCs, there's more demand, I think, for that sort of product. And it's also more, I don't want to say accessible, but it's definitely, it's not as difficult or it's not as, as financially, you know, I guess, tasking to, to be able to come to buy those products, service them, and, and resell them. Um, For sure, it's a, it's a super high volume and lower margin business, um, and you need to have your operations running extremely perfectly to be able to handle that, because you're not working on one big sale to make a living, you're working on 30, 50, 60 transactions a day. Wow, that is insane. And again, you have an entire sales team that just handles all the incoming traffic, you know, the, for everybody that's looking for these. I'm assuming that you guys are also very competitive as far as pricing in order to gain a lot of this yep. business and become known for, you know, the destination for that sort of price point or those products. Yeah, we, you know, it's interesting when I joined the business, we to, for us to sell anything because we didn't have a reputation, we had to have, we had to be the cheapest online. Now we are priced competitively, but we also explain to customers, you know, we already serviced the watch. If you buy from somebody that hasn't serviced the watch and you send it off for service, that's probably gonna cost you up to $1,000 and you might not have the watch for two, three months. So you got a warranty from us. So there's a lot of things that we add on, such as you guys as well, um, which leads us to be able to sell inventory at fair prices, but not necessarily the cheapest price online because we offer a lot of value beyond just the price. Yeah, I mean, that's it's amazing. So just for some like transparency sake, like we typically on an average month, we probably have $2 million worth of watches sitting in service. Those are that's $2 million that we can't sell, we can't rotate. We've tried to, you know, hire watchmakers, we've tried to, to purchase, you know, operations that are already running. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much impossible. So you guys have really built something that's going to sustain and is going to keep your business running so so smoothly and so well for a long time just because of that, you know, that small aspect of the business, just the servicing, makes you so much more, what's the right word? So much more, it gives you so much more possibility to grow than it does for just an average, you know, watch dealer that, okay, I'm just gonna buy some watches, I'm gonna sell them. You know, it sounds simple, but the service itself 
is so time consuming, it's so expensive. I mean, we spend hundreds of thousands of dollars a year on service, and that is taken out of the potential profit, which is why, you know, it's unlikely that we could sell a watch and, you know, make $500 on it, because that $500 is what we spent to actually get that watch polished, get that watch serviced, you know, make sure it's working properly, where you guys, yes, you have that cost built into the business, but it's definitely easier for you guys. Um, I wanted to know, obviously the market has changed in the last six months, just, you know, maybe a little bit longer. How has it, that Can affected? I just add something oh, on the watchmaking sure. team? It, you're, you're absolutely hit the nail on the head, and that's really 10 of our over 30 employees are in that department. And my stepfather runs that team still, and they are very much the backbone of the business. They are the core of the business, and it's interesting how obsessive the guys that we hired in the department about the quality that comes out. They will constantly say, we can't ship this watch. There's something, this minor little mark on it. Mm-hmm. It has to go back to the shop. I'll be like, I can't see anything. They're like, well, magnify it. Magnify more. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I don't think anyone's going to see it. They're like, no, we, we, we got to delay the shipment. It's got, it's, this needs to be fixed before it goes out. So it's, it's interesting when you have, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're technical and so obsessive about their craft. Um, and they know they're very vital to the business, so that gives them a lot of pleasure. Well, it's really good to be a perfectionist in that way. Um, I'm, you know, I'm the same way as you. I'm like, what do you mean? Just ship it. It's, it's good to go. There's nothing visible. And, yeah. You know, and somebody will come up. No, we can't. This is not. This is not. You know, perfect. Exactly. Um, but I guess that earns you the reputation that you guys have been able to build. You know, it, of being perfectionist. And I, we constantly get emails and reviews where the customer will buy the watch and they'll send us, "Hey, like I don't want to tell you, but I think you guys made a mistake. Um, you told us you're selling us a used watch, but you actually shipped us the new one by accident because this is not used." <laughs> We're like, "It's used. It's just perfect." <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and the fact, I, I, obviously, you offer a warranty, and yep. you're also like they're go-to service center from then on. Yes, exactly. So once you're our client, then we will service your other watches in your in your portfolio, but it's not something we're advertising to outside customers. That's it's amazing. So that's actually a really good reason to become one of your customers. You know for a fact that your watches will be taken care of for life. Yep. Um, over the last six months, like I said, the market has changed. Has Have you felt any change or how has that affected you guys both, you know, brick and mortar or online? I mean, I know that Obviously, changing prices has affected everybody in some way, but have you felt it more in one way or another? We felt it more online than the brick and mortar. There was a huge shift during COVID to online shopping, mm-hmm. and we're now seeing, we have a retail location in Buckhead, Atlanta, which is a prime shopping district. We're a block from Hermes and Montclair's around the corner, oh. so we have a lot of retail customers that actually come to the store, and you know, it's not uncommon, but we'll have 12 individual sales in the store in one day, which is pretty high it's wild um and we've seen we've we've seen a much bigger slowdown in online sales whereas our in-store sales are actually up year over year so that's very interesting and i think it's people are going back to doing experiences and doing things in person and i think you've seen that in amazon doing some layoffs and a lot of e-commerce companies are seeing that shift as well it it, it you can only do so much business locally, so we still have to concentrate on online, but I think the next couple of years, 
uh, the local business will be very strong. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of the brick and mortar when it comes to this product because people want to feel it, they want to touch it, they want to see you in person, they want to feel comfortable, you know, buying from you. So obviously, you know, we had the opportunity to build YouTube content to allow us to connect with viewers and potential customers where they feel comfortable doing business with us. We don't have a brick and mortar location. We are, you know, hopefully working on one. It's constantly a, a talk here. Um, you have not gone that you know, hardcore YouTube route, you know, any plans to do so? Is there anything that you would wish you'd started six months ago that you would do today? Uh, I think you guys have done tremendously well on the content and I think it's amazing. It's, we do put out content. It's not, uh, it hasn't taken off like what you guys are doing. Um, we don't have, we don't have any plans to significantly increase that investment. Um, also, I am a big believer in, we kind of know what we're working. I think I think over the next five years, we could be growing at 10, 20% a year on average, which I think is very comfortable. Oh yeah. So there's things I'm not, you know, people always ask, why don't you sell purses? Why don't you sell jewelry? Why don't you open another physical location? You guys are doing so well in Atlanta. And in theory, a lot of those things sound interesting, but I think it's a big believer of kind of sticking to your knitting, knowing your strengths. And as long as you keep growing there, you don't need to, ex- go outside of that too much so while we have content that's different than the content that you guys have and um we're not really looking for that to become a major part of the business as far as like new locations you know it seems pretty obvious that like if you guys were to take your brand and place it in the heart of miami it would be a success is that something i mean you said you're not looking to do it did you ever consider it or would would that ever be a consideration that you would you know make if you know, you felt that, okay, you know, we have real deep saturation here in Buckhead. Let's, you know, see if we can create the same sort of, you know, concept somewhere else. Uh, I had an investor bring it up and, and he wanted to partner and have that to be part of the plan. We didn't, we don't have any outside money. It's fully uh, family owned business. My parents are involved every single day, which, which is actually, it's, it's, it's amazing to build a business with the people that you love. And we didn't come for money, so it's kind of nice now. I know everybody in the family will have security. But as far as opening another location, so we have in Atlanta about 3,000 pieces in inventory right now. And we do really, really well because we're yeah, head and shoulders above anybody else in the market. You know, 10, 15x more inventory selection, mm-hmm. better team, better pricing, everything. For us to open another location, it sounds nice, but it takes a while to build your reputation in the market, even if you have a national name. Then you gotta invest 10, $15 million of inventory to be there. Then you have to have a op- operations teams and managing it all. And it could get expensive and it could also distract you from your core mission. It's very true. Um, speaking about a national brand, I mean, you have really killed the whole public relations game when it comes to, you know, being the go-to guy, you know, for a lot of these uh, news publications, New York Times, Maxim Magazine, Forbes, all these things. How are you dealing with the personal fame? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's funny because you asked me earlier, like, why are you not more in the YouTube videos? And I'm like, "I'm, I'm not looking to be the face of the business it's interesting you guys have built a business with you know a couple key leaders becoming the face of it i actually want the company and the name of the company to be above any any anyone individually including myself um as far as personal fame it's some people notice it but i i I try to kind of 
keep myself personally out of the limelight, but it's been good. I've been Forbes multiple times, New York Times, Barron's, you name it. Bloomberg has put some stories up with quotes from us. And um, once you once you get into a few pieces, the reporters kind of start reaching out because they, they trust you to give a good, good relevant quote. Yeah, you become a credible source for them. What, what's interesting about the reporters before I started doing the PR is I didn't realize how tight of the deadlines are. They're like, we need a paragraph or a quote. You've got two and a half hours. <laughs> like what? Like you realize uh, okay. I, I might be doing something else. Like okay, let me go back to my computer and write a couple paragraphs for you. <laughs> I wonder if you've ever like been sitting at a restaurant and somebody like you know comes over and says, "Hey, I just you know read that Forbes article with you. That was great. Love the quote." You know? <laughs> I'm sure it took you a long time to come up with that. Not two and a half hours. Exactly. Yeah. You know? um, as the CEO of Switch Watch Expo, what is the most difficult thing that you deal with on a daily basis? It's my first time building a company, so making sure you build a team that works really, really well together, that's passionate. We have a really, you know, everyone's in office every day. There's no work from home. Um, they're there from 9 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. typically five days a week. And they're all very, very passionate. And then what I've learned is you could take really qualified and capable people, but if they don't mesh well with the rest of the team, it just doesn't work. And that, that's, that's like a lesson I had to figure out through mistakes. Um, so the, the biggest difficulty right now is building out the organization. My parents and I are running the whole company. We don't have management right now outside of us. So we're looking to hire more leadership, hire more people in all departments. Uh, we're pretty stretched in, in, a, in a number of different areas. Um, actually have a salesperson that's going to be joining in a few weeks and another watchmaker joining in three weeks as well. So excited for that. So, I mean, yeah, it is, it's definitely a trade-off to have the family running it, but the, the best thing about that is trust is never an issue. If I assign you a task or if I ask you to do something, you trust that it's going to get done. Yep. Whereas hired help might not be as reliable as, as family. Um, I've worked with family before and yes, I, you know, you never work as hard as when you do it with your family. Like, I completely understand what you're doing there. Um, how can you compare, or how do you compare the previous life that you had in, in finance to building out the, you know, this company? Are you trying to model some of the things that you guys are doing here with some of the, the procedures or, or I guess hierarchy that you dealt with back in the corporate world? Or are, is there any like, I know that w when you were doing what you were doing, I'm sure there was you know hustle culture built into that. You know, like. As a trader, you're constantly, you know, being pushed to work harder, work more, make more money. Is any any of that translated into Swiss Watch Expo today? Yeah, I mean, I, I really brought the energy of what I felt on the trading desk to the business. We set up the sales desk the same way it would be on Wall Street. Um, you know, I, I, I saw a lot of your salespeople are selling on cell phones. Most of our selling is through traditional phones unless they have to do a Zoom or a FaceTime. And they really very much work as a team it's very much a team atmosphere but you know we order lunch for everyone every day everyone's a lot of people are working through their lunches it's it's very much kind of like that wall street atmosphere and also the way they share information they get up they yell across the desk like hey this client is calling back you were working with them or hey this client wants to talk about this watch i know you're more knowledgeable about it can you jump on so that flow of information is very much and we actually have a pretty cool YouTube video. It's called, it's, this is not Wall Street, this is Swiss Watch Expo. I love that one. Have I you seen that it. one? Yeah, it's amazing. It's pretty fun, right? Yeah. Uh, so it, 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 it does have that atmosphere. 
do you have like the bro culture in there like where you guys like mess with each oh, other oh, yeah a little bit we did the we did that spoof when i was on wall street where if you're a salesperson or trader and you did the first big sale or trade they would come over and the md would come over and cut off your tie as and you'd be walking mm-hmm. around with a cut off tie all day so everybody <laughs> knew you finally made it and you did a big deal so we're, we have that in the video as well you ever regret leaving the finance world um it was fun and I, it was an, it was an awesome co-workers and network that I had there but again there's nothing more rewarding to build something that you own and do it with the ones that you love so I don't think anything could beat that in the world that you, you yeah that's a perfect way to end this this conversation um Eugene where can our viewers listeners find you guys list off the, the places sure swiss watch expo on instagram and youtube uh you could you, you're welcome to add me my personal co- account's private but i will add you uh eugene Tutunikov, and just call our team and ask for a facetime and i i promise you you're gonna have an experience like no other when they show you a showcase full of three thousand watches it's uh, you know i've seen it and it looks beautiful it really is amazing ladies and gentlemen thank you very much for joining us today i hope you like this sort of content if you do make sure to subscribe make sure to comment make sure to like you know if you're listening to this in audio only please leave the the podcast a review and we will see you guys tomorrow and every day after that if we continue doing this have a great day take care eugene thank you so much for joining me ivy thank you it's really good to see you thank you for having me i really enjoyed the tour of the office you guys have a really cool space and a cool team and um, everything you guys are doing on marketing which I know you spearheaded is, is absolutely amazing well, I appreciate that you know it's 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 really good to, to hear that you know especially from somebody else in the industry you know we, we obviously you know there's a lot of talk you know people constantly assume that everybody competes with each other and it's funny because I just got off the, the you know a call with Andrew Morgan from Watchfinder, and he's like you know a rising tide raises all boats and I constantly say that you know instead of fighting for the same risks we're fighting for more people to be interested in getting a watch on their wrist. We want Correct. to introduce new audiences. Um, and working together definitely you know, helps everybody. So thank you very much for being here. Um, I hope you have a great time at your grandfather's 90th birthday. Have a great weekend. Go, e- uh, go Eagles. Go Eagles, absolutely. Guys, take care. See you tomorrow. Thanks.